0: Vivid Seats jumps in their debut in public markets at the NASDAQ after a SPAC merger brings the ticketing business to life here in public markets. Joining us, the CEO, Stan Chia, is in New York at the NASDAQ market site. Stan, thanks for being here, and congratulations.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Certainly a tremendous milestone today for Vivid Seats, our customers, our employees, and our shareholders.
0: Awesome. And let's talk about what comes next. So reopening, things getting back to normal, what's business like right now?
1: Yeah, look, I think we're, we're really excited. You know, I think what, what was a really, really challenging year for all of us personally and professionally now, I think as we're starting to see um, the return of some semblance of normalcy with vaccines out there. I think we're excited about the pent up demand that's out there. Um, and if you look at our results that we published for the second quarter of this year, certainly, I think, um, a lot of what you see in that data would reflect, I think that the pent up demand is, is real.
0: And where do you see that mostly coming from? Which verticals for vivid seats are the biggest?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think for us, we skew a little bit heavier on, on the concert side. Um, you know, I think when you look at, at our business in totality, we're about 40% sports, 60% concert and theater, um, which is d- directionally the inverse of the industry, which we believe to be 60% sports, 40% concert and theater. But regardless of the category, I think you know we're seeing strength in all of them as, as we see consumers um, get excited once again to go to live events. The stock
0: uh, was moving pretty quick here today. Uh, Stan, what do you want to
1: do with the
0: money? Uh, This is going to be a pretty big windfall for spending, I guess.
1: Where does the money go to use? Yeah, you know, I think we are such a unique story of, you know, I'd say scale, growth, and profitability, right? Right. In 2019, we did over $2 billion in top line while generating over $100 million in EBITDA. Yet, there's a lot of consumers that don't really know who we are. So mm-hmm. we look at making sure you know, that we've invested in a great product so that as we prepare to tell our brand story, we're really not just telling people who we are, we're telling people why we're better. So as you look at our balance sheet going into this, we're certainly going to invest in our rewards program, which is unique to us. How we tell the world about that rewards program and how that's a, a fantastic offering for consumers. On the other side, you know, as you look at the strength of our balance sheet and a new public uh, currency that we're going to have, I think we're going to be opportunistic and aggressive on the inorganic side there, too, should opportunities surface.
0: Now, the partners where you have an exclusive relationship, uh, uh, is that uh, part of the business model goals? What will really be the cash cow for the business? Is it just scale where we can say, okay, if I knew ahead of time next year how many concerts are happening, I can figure out what's going on with your business, or are there secular uh, trends that y- you want to capitalize on and your engagement, the, you mentioned the rewards program, and then also the relationship with the actual venue and exclusivity, is that part of the equation?
1: Yeah, you know, I think I'd I'd start with, look, as a marketplace connecting, you know, buyers and sellers, I think that's why our focus has so much been on Let's make sure on the, at the transaction level we've got a strong differentiator. And when you look at our reports program, you know, we've got 10% of earned value on every single ticket that every fan buys, right? We think that's an extremely compelling offer to consumers, on top of a lot of our industry leading pricing. And then when you combine that, we've now added a DraftKings perk where, you know, as a vivid seats rewards user, as you spend more to go to sporting events, you might decide to place a wager on that sporting event too, and you can earn free DraftKings dollars. And we've now combined that also with a surprise and delight component of our Vivid Seats Rewards program. So when we look at that consumer offering, we really have invested and we truly believe Um, that we have unique partnerships that drive real value for consumers. Combined with the balance sheet, as we talk about, I think we're ready to turn the marketing engine on to tell people about that offering and why we are so compelling to consumers as they look to return to live events.
0: I like the point about uh, the further engagement that you want to have with your uh, customers and with the app, bringing in new functions. Uh, It sounds like a big part of it is embracing
1: a tech side. I mean, with the DraftKings connection as well yeah absolutely you know at the heart of it we are a technology company you know and we've got amazing employees who've built great platforms right on the buy side we spent time talking about that with our newly released app that we launched with personalization a lot of discovery components and the rewards program powering a lot of that we've also got a leading piece of technology that powers the seller community in our skybox platform right so certainly we will continue to invest i think in having products and platforms that service all the constituents in our marketplace. Stand on the bottom line right now,
0: is Vivid Seeds profitable? And if not, what's the timeline for that?
1: Yeah, look, I think we are, you know, one of the benefits we have of being a network effect business that benefits from scale. Prior to COVID, um, you know, you saw we generated over $100 million in EBITDA in 2019. And in our second quarter this year, you know, also if you look at that, that return to profitability again, you know, with over 700 million or close to $700 million in GOV. Um, you know, the first six months, and then you look at where we are close to 40 million in EBITDA by, by the end of the second quarter, we're certainly on pace and back to a return to profitability, which, again, I think fuels us beyond our balance sheet, the ability to invest in partnerships, benefits for consumers, and certainly, as we've talked about, should M&A opportunities surface, we're going to be aggressive on that front, too.
0: Stan, last point to bring this all together is when your team is coming up with plans and talking about guidance with analysts, can you give me an idea what your baseline assumption is for next year on, say, the percent of business compared to 2019? Do you have a number like that in mind?
1: Yeah. So, you know, when, when we looked at, at projecting out, and this is in our analyst deck that we've put out there, we looked at 2022, and I'll ground everyone in, When we put these projections together, this was before I would say we saw the second quarter, before we saw the first quarter. So this was in the early part of 2021 as vaccines were first starting to get approved. So our methodology for how we Um, looked at 2022 projections was just to assume that by the end of 2022 we would see um, somewhat of a similar performance to 2019. So when you look at our projections you see 2022 somewhat comparable to 2019 and then as we make our investments in marketing and brand you certainly see the leverage on that in the out years as we start to increase our EBITDA margins into 23-24.
0: Stan thanks for being here. Love the details on the business and let's continue the conversation. Sounds great. Thank you for having me. Sure thing. And as a concert goer myself, I'm hoping things do get back to normal. Stan Chia, CEO at Vivid Seats, S-E-A-T.
1: By the way, great ticker, easy one to remember.